Hi, I'm Rev. Nicole Riley. Welcome to the Clergy Wellness Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 6, Why You Need Better Boundaries in Life and in Ministry. Today we'll also look at a wellness practice of the week, what is making this week good, and a mindfulness meditation. Let's jump in. What are boundaries and why do they matter so much in life and ministry? Well, a couple scenarios that highlight how boundaries are part of our everyday lives. Here's one. Let's say you're making dinner and you're then spending some time with your significant other sharing about your day. At the end of the meal, you go into your seven-year-old's room and then you make the bed, straighten up the room, and then go into the bathroom to pick up the towels and tidy up. Second scenario. A committee member speaks poorly of you to another staff person who is shocked listening to the criticism of your leadership. The staff member reports back to you and you do nothing with the information, figuring the leader was just having a bad day and anyway, you could work on your leadership style a little more. Third, you take your usual Friday off but spend it getting caught up on church work that you have trouble finding time for during the week. Do any of these scenarios sound familiar? All three of these are boundaries issues. A lack of boundaries in these examples includes several things. Let's look at each one. In the first one, After making dinner and spending time with your significant other, you go into your seven-year-old's room, make the bed, straighten up the room, go to the bathroom, pick up towels, and tidy up. This is a great example of what parents often do, and it's an example of over-functioning. Over-functioning diminishes the agency of another. It is normal for parents to do for kids what they can do for themselves, But when we do that, we diminish the agency of our children, and long-term, this hurts their confidence in themselves and their abilities. I know, making a bed and picking up a towel seems minor, but the message that it sends is serious, and it equips the child to continue to look for others for things that they could do for themselves. In our second scenario, a committee member speaks poorly of you to another staff member who's shocked listening to the criticism about your leadership, and the staff member then comes to you, and you respond by doing nothing with the information, just kind of chalking it up to the leader having a bad day and saying, well, maybe I could work on my leadership. But here's the thing. Pastors who ignore conflict hurt the health of relationships. In this case, that would be both with the staff person and with the committee chair. If a church member speaks negatively about the pastor to a staff member, the pastor needs to connect with the church member. This is because of at least two things. First, the staff member who has heard this 
Frankly, when these kinds of things happen, they may feel confused or upset or uncertain. Their willingness to bring this to you requires your response. They are actually looking to have it confirmed that this is significant and that talking about one another in this way isn't healthy and won't be acceptable in this community. Second, we need to deal with the person who said it. Yeah, they might be tired. They might be upset about things in life. They might be dealing with difficulties. But it's never okay for leaders to talk this way to other church members or staff. If not addressed, these things undermine relationships and do damage to ministry. It can be uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. But it is necessary to address it. Third, that example was the one about you're taking off your usual Friday but spend the time getting caught up on the church work that you have trouble fitting in the rest of the week. Here's the thing. When you play catch up on your days off, it is about not taking responsibility for your times and choices during the week. Boundaries with ourselves, how we respect our time, how we live out our values and choices show self-respect and healthy care for one's life inside and outside of ministry. When we don't respect our own time, we devalue ourselves and model for others this same behavior. Now, of course, no one is perfect with boundaries. Tidying up one's child's bathroom or ignoring a slight and catching up on one's work on one's day off happens to us all. But if it happens regularly, it is an issue for our health and wellness. So what are boundaries? Well, there's lots of ways people talk about this, but I'm going to pick a couple that really jump out at me as I work with clergy in local churches and we work on these issues. And the first is this. Boundaries remind us what we are responsible for and what is not our responsibility. For example, at my house, there is a fence that divides my lawn from my neighbor's lawn. And what happens on my neighbor's side of the fence is not really my responsibility. Now, I can get stressed about my neighbor's yard, but if I go over and cut their grass or pull their weeds, I am overstepping my boundaries. Second, Boundaries keep people and relationships healthy by acknowledging that ignoring disrespectful words and actions breeds an unhealthy environment. One problem too many of our churches have is that we think that we are to be nice to each other regardless, and we believe that being nice is about never confronting people who are disrespectful and unkind. On Sunday morning, when I say to people, everyone is welcome here at the church, I mean it. But if someone comes on Sunday with a super soaker and sprays me during the sermon, you can be sure that that won't happen a second time. People are welcome, but behavior that is harmful or hurtful or inappropriate is not. Churches and pastors can be held hostage by gossips, critics, 
and hostile people. And when they are, it is often because boundaries have not been set by leadership. This has serious implications for a church and its ability to live faithfully and fruitfully. And third, boundaries protect people from overfunctioning, that is, seeing themselves and what they provide as indispensable. What I mean here is that too many pastors teach all the studies, lead all the small groups, preach all the sermons, do all the administration because they believe that no one can do it better than they do. And here's the thing, they could be right. But what's more important here is that when we overfunction, we grow institutions, including churches that aren't about raising up new leaders, new ideas, and new ways of being church. And there is a straight line between overfunctioning and decline. Which came first, though? The overfunctioning or the decline? I think it's the overfunctioning. Because I have seen leaders over my years that think that they are the only ones who can fill in the blank with whatever you like. And that has caused others to find new places to serve. And oftentimes that includes finding new churches that will make space for them as leaders. So why do we ignore boundaries? I think there's lots of reasons, but here's some of the reasons I have. I give you, let's see, I got five of them here, reasons that I have found that I have not wanted to uh, live by the boundaries I've set. First, I do a good job, and others might not do as good a job as I do, so I always need to be doing all of the things. Number two, it takes a lot of work to raise up new leaders, so it's just easier and quicker if I just do it myself. Number three, It is hard work to confront a difficult leader, especially if they have power, friends, the church keys, and all the passwords. Fourth, I want people to like me. Fifth, boundaries call me to be responsible for my health, both my mental and my physical health, instead of being able to blame others for the stress I feel or the difficulties I'm having. But shouldn't we always be helpful and nice? And aren't they paying us to do all the things? (laughs) No and no. And here's why. Your church, even if it is growing under your leadership, won't flourish unless church leadership, which includes you, raises up new leaders and makes spaces for them to give their gifts. And you won't do this if you have poor boundaries and think your job is to do all the teaching, leading, and pastoral caregiving. If you think that your job is to avoid confronting people who are hurtful because you don't want to open up a can of worms. Now let me talk about this in a specific situation. I want to talk about this from the perspective of of looking at um, growing our churches. And I think one of the key things that is absolutely a non-negotiable in growing today's churches is small group ministry. So let me be clear. Your role is not to teach all the Bible study or the book studies or whatever studies you got going. Yes, you may be great at it, but your role is actually to equip other leaders to gather together with their friends 
both in the church and in the community, to share scripture, fellowship, and prayer together. I'm part of the United Methodist Church, and in my tradition, small groups have been the backbone of discipleship. Churches of 200 gather on Sunday, and during the week, those 200 people meet in 20 small groups throughout the community. Now we have churches of 20 to 30 people, and that's because I think we have such a deep desire to be in community that our churches will become larger small groups to meet that need. This happens, at least partially, because pastors need, want, are used to, feel it's their job description to be the center and controller and teacher of all things. And people often want to be in the pastor's group, but this hurts the church long term. Instead, when our boundaries are good and we see ourselves in our proper place, we see that we're called to raise up new leaders who lead small groups and let's train them to also share leadership in their small groups so they're raising up additional leaders so that a church of 20 can grow into a church of 200. Clergy often overfunction, feeling they need to do all the things. But don't feel that. Let that go today. It is actually a bad boundary. And when we feel this way, I think it betrays we lack faith in others. And even maybe in God. God never asked us to overfunction. In fact, He has freed us from this. So let's say you hear all this today and you think, I really could use a little boundary tune-up. <laughs> what could I do? Let me give you three possibilities. Just pick one if it sounds right. First is this. Notice the promises you're making to yourself. Do you make yourself a promise about not too many night meetings or taking your days off or not checking email on vacation? Start keeping those promises to yourself Number two, take steps towards having those conversations with those people in your community who are treating others badly. If you have bullies or just people who are plain mean, talk with other leaders you can trust. And when there is a new episode, have several leaders talk to this person together. Never, I repeat, never have this conversation alone. And number three, do not do for others what they can do for themselves. Others can teach and lead. For example, if someone has been in a Bible study for 10 years but cannot give leadership to a new Bible study, something's wrong. Equip people not only to learn but to lead. And that may mean that there's a transitional piece where you're working with them on this. But the more you do it, you will find success because the more we do for others when they can do it for themselves, the more we create disciples who are dependent on milk, not on meat, to quote St. Paul. Boundaries will keep your life and your ministry healthier. They can be a challenge, but long-term, they lead to happier lives, families, health, and churches. So, Today, brush up on your boundaries and increase your health.
wellness practice of the week. And this is where I share something that you could do to increase your wellness. And this week's practice to go along with our talk on boundaries is to get off the cross. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when we overfunction, which includes, but is not limited to, teaching most all of the adult classes, doing all the admin, running and or attending all the committee meetings, etc., 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 we can feel burdened and overwhelmed and exhausted. And in conversation, we might find ourselves blaming others, like we talked about last week in last week's episode of the podcast. And we can feel the weight of the world on our shoulders. And in extreme form, we can feel like victims. So this week's wellness practice is to get off the cross and to see your ministry from God's perspective. God never asked you to do all the things. In fact, God has saved you from doing all the things. Remember, you and I can never measure up. Life, salvation, this day, everything's a gift. So get off the cross and go for a walk or have coffee with friends or a day at the beach and embrace that with boundaries, your life and your ministry can flourish. This section is what is making this week good. This is the part of the episode where I talk about what I'm enjoying with the hope that you will notice some good things in your week too. So this week, journaling is making this week good. As I start this new chapter in my life, moving from a full-time lead and teaching pastor to full-time coaching and social media management for churches, I bought myself a five-year journal. Now, a five-year journal has a page for each day of the year divided into five sections. So each day you add in the year that you're in. And so by the end of the five years, you can see what you did on each day over five years. It's kind of like Facebook memories, but on old school paper. There is only a small space to write in each day's entry, but it seems to be just about the right amount of space for me. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this next five years unfolds for me. So, do you journal? I will leave a link to the journal I'm using in the show notes so that you can look at it. Maybe you'll try it out too. Mindfulness meditation. When I was a new pastor, one of the classes that I would always teach was one on the book Boundaries by Drs. Cloud and Townsend. It's a great book, and it's such a helpful read if you want to grow in your understanding of boundaries. One of the things that has really stayed with me over these years was a Bible study they did on Galatians 6 as part of the book. Let me read that. I'm going to read Galatians 6, 1 through 5. It says this, Brothers and sisters, if a person is caught doing something wrong, you who are spiritual should restore someone like this with the spirit of gentleness. Watch out for yourselves so you won't be tempted to. Carry each other's burdens so you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
If anyone thinks that they are important when they aren't, they're fooling themselves. Each person should test their own work and be happy with doing a good job and not compare themselves with others. Each person will have to carry their own load. Now, what jumps out at me as we talk about boundaries today are the two phrases. One is in verse 3 where it says, Carry each other's burdens so that you will fulfill the law of Christ. And verse 5, Each person will have to carry their own load. The first refers to the burdens of life. It says, Carry each other's burdens. These are the things that are too heavy for us to carry alone. Things like death, illness, loss, grief. We carry one another's burdens, and we should come alongside each other and carry burdens together. This is one reason why I think small groups are so important, small groups that are led by laity, because in these, we carry one another's burdens as part of being in Christian community. But I want you to notice the second line, each person should carry their own load. In other words, We are each responsible for our own lives, our own words, how we spend our own time, our unmade bed and towels on the floor. We carry one another's burdens, the things in life that we need help with, but we are each called to carry our own load. And when we confuse this and overfunction as we carry another's load, we will find ourselves exhausted, resentful, and disrespectful of another's agency. So, let me pull out each of these phrases and we'll have a chance to reflect on them as we enter into a time of mindfulness. So, take a moment and take a deep breath and relax and be present. And I invite you to remember who you are. You are God's beloved. And now... Remember in whose image you were created. You were created in the image and likeness of God. As I read these words, just listen and breathe them in as we reflect together. Galatians 6.3 Carry each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. I invite you to think about the burdens that you need help this day carrying. And also, the burdens that you are helping others carry. Galatians 6.5 Each person will have to carry their own load. Now think about the loads that you carry that are not yours to carry. How can you return them to their rightful owner? And also... What things are your responsibility, your loads that you need to take on and put aside holding others as responsible? And 
Galatians 6, 3, and 5. Carry each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ, and each person will have to carry their own load. Remember these words, and may they give you life. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I invite you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you would review it in this next week or so. Just takes a minute on whatever platform you're on. It just helps people see this podcast, and I'd love it if you'd share it in your clergy network. Maybe just share it with one person this week. You can follow me on Instagram and at Facebook at Nicole Riley Coaching. Find out more about working with me as a coach and social media at NicoleRiley.com. And you can check out my book, Expanding the Expedition Through Digital Ministry at Amazon. Today, I invite you to make the most important choice to embrace a life of wellness. See you next week.